0: Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Now, here's the hosts of WP Tonic, Jonathan Dinwood
1: and John Locke hi there folks welcome to wp tonic this is show 201 yes folks 201 episodes of wp tonic is quite amazing we've got a a small but very effective panel here (laughs) i'm um i'm gonna let our guest caroline introduce herself can you introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about yourself sure
2: my name is caroline althwaite um, I run an operation called Engine Hound, and I specialize in search engine optimization. I do a little bit of um, Facebook advertising, and quite a lot of my clients uh, do Google AdWords as well. So those are my three priority areas. I've Doesn't been doing this since 2006.
1: Oh, great. I just love the name. <laughs> engine Hound. It's yeah. Very appropriate, isn't it? Uh, um, Um, I'm going to let Sally introduce herself. Can you, Sally? Sure. My
3: name is Sally Getch. Uh, I uh, have a a WordPress uh, development company called WP Fangirl, and I'm the organizer of the East Bay WordPress Meetup in Oakland, California. And you will uh, no doubt see more of my cat on this show, uh, which is, since you can't hear the cat on the audio, an encouragement to go watch the video.
1: Oh yes, you must watch the count on the video, it's very entertaining. Much more than what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. um, Adam, like, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience?
0: Sure, my name is Adam, you can find me at WPCrafter.com where I make video tutorials for WordPress that people can understand because they're made for non-techies. Yes, non-techies. That's right. Yeah,
1: definitely. Alright folks, um, we've got a couple of news stories. Um, I think I've done better this week than last week. I do my best, don't I? I thought um, last
0: week was great.
1: oh thank you, Adam. You can come yeah. back anytime you like. Adam. <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, the first story WP Forms requires WP Mail SMTP plugin, and that's on the tavern. Uh, I get a lot of my stories on the tavern, but they're very, very good. Um, who shall I start? Let's start with Sally. Uh, what did you think of this one, Sally? And your moot, I think Sally.
3: I was having to switch back from the uh, uh, from the screen
1: there and, and
3: right. unmute myself. I figure we don't need more trains on this. Uh, oh, it's very really entertaining, know. you
1: know? Trains, cats, dogs, all sorts of reasons. Never, never a
3: dull moment. No. I think this makes a lot of sense because one of the issues with form plugins that I bet all of us have run into is where the confirmations aren't being delivered or the notifications aren't being delivered or something because it's going through the you know, the, the PHP mail function, and there's something uh, that the ISP doesn't like. So, um, you know, combining uh, or, or, you know, <laughs> at least owning both the uh, SMTP plugin that, that will make sure that your form is going out through a real mail server uh, and the form plugin uh, is a highly logical
1: thing to do. It certainly is. Um, what did you think about it, Adam? And what's your experience in trying to get mail delivered through WordPress?
0: Well, you know, um, you have to have one of these plugins if your website's going to send an email via a contact form. I, I don't, you know, I, I kind of have a hard time with this concept. Not with you know someone buying a, a plugin. That's awesome, uh, but you know, I kind of think. WordPress should have an add-on package itself, you know, where you can like click on it and it says, uh, is your website going to send emails? Yes, click here and then it will download and add that for you because WordPress can't send an email and have it end up in an inbox without an SMTP plugin. I mean, this is 2017. This isn't like 2005 where you could send, you know, 100,000 emails and everybody gets it because no one knows about spam and there's no filters. You can't send an email through WordPress without it going to a spam filter without an SMTP plugin. I'd like it a little you know what let's uh well anyways I know WordPress Well, you got to keep it lean not every website has a contact form but just about every content website does have a contact form why doesn't WordPress have an add-on panel and you can just click on what you need like that and other things or you know what they'll do they'll probably toss it in a jetpack um but anyways about the acquisition it has to be for users right it has to be for exposure visibility and users because is it really that hard to make one of these plugins? I mean, isn't it just a couple snippets of code?
1: Uh, I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. Looking at some of them, but there we go. Caroline, what's, what's your feeling about the article?
2: Well, it's kind of out of my area of expertise. When I handle things like um, emailing, emailing programs and stuff like that, I always approach it from an optimization point of view, not from a technical plugin point of view. So I don't think I can bring much to this particular part of the conversation, unless you want to talk about, you know, optimizing for email.
1: We we can go anywhere you want, Caroline. We'll be going to go down many roads on this show.
2: Well, as Adam mentioned spam, um, one of the things that I always look out for is not writing spammy subject lines because that is what is most likely to get your email message caught in spam. When you're using things like words like free discount, uh, save money, download this. You know, those are all trigger words that are going to flag your message as being spam. And whether you're doing it through, you know, um, an email client or WordPress or whatever, those things are going to catch you up every time. So you want to talk to your audience very honestly and leave out the the trigger words.
1: Yeah, I think that's fantastic advice, actually. Um, Another thing, folks, is... Um, the world of email has um, changed quite a lot. You know, Almost all our clients that we help, uh, me and John help out, um, we highly recommend that they don't use the hosting provider's email service. They either go with Microsoft or they go with um, Google Apps, where it's a custom domain, and um, they handle the email. You do need access to the domain name, um, where it's parked, because you've got, you've got some work to do there with pointing. But we strongly advise that. And a lot of managed WordPress hosting now, Sally, don't include email, do they?
3: Indeed not. Um, they've decided, you know, they're focusing on hosting and, and they you can get your email somewhere else. And in fact, if, if you're dealing with corporate clients, they probably do have their email managed somewhere else. They're using Office 365 or even Microsoft Exchange or something like that, and um, you know, I've read a lot of articles over the years about the value of separating your email host from your web host, uh, partly, you know, to make sure they don't both go down at the same time. Um, But then also there's, uh, you know, migrating email, if you've ever done it, is a large pain in the patootie. Uh, So if you don't have to migrate your a client's email just because you're putting their website on a better host uh, it's uh, definitely a good thing,
1: yeah, I would strongly advise that you keep your email um it's one of the the two things I would strongly advise people is to keep your domain name separate from your hosting company and to keep your email separate as well. Do not use um if you're not utilizing a managed hosting company like w p engine and one of their competitors. Is um, keep your email separate because um, cancelling an account and then trying to transfer the email and then approaching the hosting company that you've cancelled with um, can be extremely interesting. Um, it doesn't also, but it also doesn't mean it will end all your problems because the way that, especially Google, the way they handle email, um, they've. They don't use actual folder structure with their application. It's actually a tagging system, and they um, they use um, technology to kind of show you a folder structure that doesn't actually exist. So that's one of the reasons why it doesn't work out. The, get back onto the business side of it. Um, I think it's interesting, you know, that the um, the actual developer of the plugin said that he had left the WordPress community, and it was looking like he was going to need a major update, and he wasn't that motivated to do it. So I think that's a common theme, isn't it, Sally? You move. <laughs> uh,
3: sorry, I do think it's, uh, you know, it's good that there are that there are people who will take over uh, plugins. That people, that <clears throat> lots of folks use, so that even if the original developer doesn't want to keep doing it uh, uh, or can't afford to keep doing it, this was a a, a free plugin. Um, then you know somebody else comes in and takes over it, and people still get to use it, and it's kept up to date.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. I think we we'll go on to the next sub, the next story, um, which is a slightly larger one, um, but I think it touched on our main subject anyway. And that's from Smashing Magazine, creating better and faster and more optimized WordPress websites. So By, uh, by
3: our friend, Brian Lee Jackson.
1: Exactly. He, uh, the machine. Um, unfortunately, um, he was too busy to come on today.
3: He probably had uh, too much to write.
1: Uh, I don't know how he does it all, Sadie. He's like a machine, isn't he? Uh, um, um, so there we are. Um, so, Adam, what did you think of this one?
0: Wait a minute, I might be a little out of the loop here. Which article was this? Oh, well, we put it, I put it in
1: our Slack channel. Um, I'm sure it was there. Was it
0: the WordPress optimization one? Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Lee wrote that? Yeah. No, I not Lee, Brian, Bri-
1: Brian Jackson.
3: Okay, see, yes, there, there's only one part different in their name. We have Lee Jackson in England okay. and I, Brian I, Lee I, Jackson in California.
1: It's, uh, a te- it's, a, it's a test, Adam, you know, if you had a, <laughs> if you had a late night, uh, you know, you
0: probably is a little bit confusing. Yes, the, the well,
3: trademark organization would advise you not to have names like this.
0: It's because it's you, you threw me for a loop when you said Lee Jackson, because I'm thinking the Lee Jackson dev ang- angled crown Lee Jackson, you know, and I was like, what, uh, I don't I, remember that name glad. on the article.
1: I'm very glad we, we clarified this.
0: Yeah, you guy, guys, uh, I was like, uh oh, I'm I'm sitting here thinking, don't ask me, <laughs> don't ask me what I'm I think, because I, I, I didn't read anything by Lee. <laughs>
1: I have that feeling every, every day,
0: actually. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, yeah, I'll actually, you know, I thought it was a great in-depth article, but it's definitely not an article for uh, just a WordPress user or the average user. It's really more uh, detailed and in-depth for developers. And I really wish that um, uh, optimizing your WordPress website for load time and actually making it kind of what Google wants to see was an easier process. It's a very complicated thing, you know, and I deal more with the users that are watching my videos, they're asking me questions and a lot of times they say oh my gosh the website that I built it's got this horrible score and it says all these things are are wrong and it loads in two seconds but it has all these problems and I I always got to tell them, you just got to take it with a grain of salt because there's like almost no way to really an easy way without hiring a developer to like start really hacking away at things to to get your stinking website to 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 pass all those little thingamabobs that all those stinking tests have you well, know and a, lot,
3: a lot of the tests are actually kind of out of date so if your site loads in less than two seconds that's more important than whether it's got you know an a or or indeed an f we had a performance presentation uh, at our meetup a, a couple of months ago where the the speaker showed us this great slide the, the site loaded in 1.2 seconds and it was and it, it had an f on the uh, on, on the google page speed yeah and you know these tests have already they haven't caught up with http2 so they they give you negative scores for things that are no longer a problem if you've got that uh however you know if your site is really slow you know people don't like sitting around waiting for your site to load and um sometimes you have to dig into things or you have to hire someone to to dig, dig into things if, if it is a uh, technical and unfortunately, you know, the people who watch Adam's videos are almost certainly also the people who buy, you know, the themes that have all Frap kinds off. of crap that loads when they don't need it. So, oh yeah, I think we'll throw 17 extra scripts in here for things that you're not actually using on your website. That'll be helpful.
1: So I carry on. What, what's the consequence in SEO? Uh, um in some of the things that Brian was discussing here?
2: Okay, well, the thing that I'd like to touch down on is speed because um, website speed, it's always, been, it's always been important, but it's become so much more important now with mobile search being so, uh, so popular. Uh, many people, if they look at their Google Analytics, are going to see that a huge portion of their visitors are coming from mobile, maybe 60 70% from now on. So speed is way up there. Um, and what I'd like to address is optimizing images Um, I I optimize images for three things. Speed is the first, well it's not the first one, it's one of them. Search and usability. And many people are not aware that they should be optimizing images for all three of those things. So if we have the time, I'll touch down briefly on each one. Okay. Oh, I,
1: would, I would leave that to the main subject, actually, because oh, okay. it's about our main subject, folks, is going to be image optimization, oh, um, okay. so, so do remember that. But, um, in broad terms, what do you think there were some other things that um, Brian discussed that re- would affect your SEO um, position when it comes to the website? Or was it speed? It was the main one that caught your eye
2: speed was the one that caught my eye because it's it's one of the ones that so many of my clients are having issues with at the moment with you know the surge of mobile search but i think that what adam said was was spot on and that is that um the the article was good sense for developers generally not just for wordpress people
1: yeah uh, i think also that i've personally myself at the beginning of the article you know you know you need good hosting um A lot of people really skimp on the hosting and um, for understandable reasons, especially if you're a newbie to all this and you're bombarded by different price points and really choosing something that will really... But on the other hand, he points out it won't solve all your problems, you know. um, If you have a lot of plugins on your site, a hosting provider um, can't be expected um, they will be helpful that you know if you're using a, a quality specialized WordPress hosting provider they will do their best to assist you but you can't expect them to delve into all your plugins and find out why a particular plugin or combination is really slowing your site down. Would you agree with what Brian was saying Sally?
3: Yeah, I think you know it, often There is a problem, which is the host, Uh, you know, I remember we did some uh, code analysis for a a company where, you know, I I could see several issues with their site, but it was just painfully slow. But the thing is, you know, when we moved it onto a local server, it was really fast. So that um, was a, a pretty strong testimony to the thing is, you know, the problem, the big problem is your hosting. And if you move it, something better it will is. happen. But but if you've got a problem in your code, if, if there is something, if you're running something which either because, you know, it, it's a bug or it was just designed that way, is sucking up a, an awful lot of, of resources, that's not going to change when you switch hosting companies. And, and, you know, places like WP Engine have plugins that they don't allow because they know those things suck up a lot of resources. Um, and... So, you know, if you if you are already on a, a good host or if you switch to a good host and it isn't helping as much as you think it should, then obviously you need to look for the problem elsewhere.
0: And let, let me add to the conversation that having these days like say for instance you get a plugin like woocommerce and to get it to do what you want it to do you have to have 50 other add-on plugins or easy digital downloads or give wp because there's this very predominant extension model so um i was just asked yesterday uh, how many uh plugins is too many a plugins and it's actually you hear that a lot it, it's 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 a very complicated uh, question to answer because it it um, all depends on what that plugin is doing. So, when you read that article, and I'll reference back to it, I think the article made reference to a uh, plugin that you can get to fix this problem. Uh, but it has to do with a plugin and its scripts loading on every single page of your website, even though. It, it what it does isn't being utilized on that page. I think contact form seven, which is one of the biggest contact forms, was uh, one of the col- am, am I right with that? Wasn't that in the article? And so uh, you only have the- yes,
3: that was that was mentioned in the in the article. But there's all kinds of things, and a, and a lot of themes load scripts everywhere, yeah. whether they're not being used, and it's a, it it's an issue. I mean, it's just because there's a very low barrier to entry. Of you know, writing and publishing plugins, and the the plugin review team mainly just makes sure that there's no super obvious security problems or malware. Um, you know, that, that's, you, that's
1: totally right, Sally. do get stuff that's really their, their, main, their main concern is security bugs, isn't it, Sally? They're not. They're well, not. Well, there's gonna... what
3: like two people who normally review all the plugins yeah. that come in, and there's fifty thousand plugins or something at this point. So. You know, you get a lot of people writing plugins who are relatively new at code, and they haven't thought about, you know, conditionally loading their script so that the script only yeah. shows up if the if the you know if the form or whatever the script is for is being used on that page. Yeah. I am yeah.
1: surprised. I am surprised the number of plugins that um, that still don't do that. And I'm I am not a, a, a PHP programmer. Um, I've done front end development. But it's well known, it's well document, documented about how to do that in the right way. And our our a friend
3: Morton has a, has a great little Linda thing yeah. about
1: enqueuing your script. I would have thought if I was going to really publish a, a plug I think I would but maybe I'm different. I think I would do some research and um, study it a little bit before I unleashed it upon, but maybe I'm a little bit different. I don't know. Uh, I, do, um,
0: I do want to make a, a, a shameless self plug You here. wouldn't do that, um, would Yes, <laughs> do I've, it. Um, I've been uh, working with uh, a company called Brainstorm Force to uh, create – the best WordPress theme that anyone can have in terms of performance and uh, with the main goal of having it work with any of the different page builders. And it's wpastra.com. It was recently admitted to the uh, repo about two weeks ago. Uh, So if you go to uh, look at new themes and you type Astra A-S-T-R-A, you might see my face there. Um, uh, But uh, this theme is coded and designed to be the fastest, most lightweight, but equally beautiful a theme that you can get. It's free. You can check it out right now. Uh, but every aspect of it is focused on speed and performance, but also having it look beautiful and working with your existing tools. Um, you know, since we were talking about poorly coded plugins and themes, this is, um, uh, the guarantee is going to be it'll be the fastest uh, theme or your money back, but it's actually free, so there's no money to give you back.
1: And oh, that's great. Um, and to give a plug to Brian, um, even though he's not here, he's always offered me a lot of free advice. And when he's had the opportunity, he's always been really helpful towards me. So, um, just to point out, folks, um, it'll be in the show notes that um, him and his brother have just published a plugin that helps you identify things that might be slowing your site down and it's got a quite um, a slick interface, and um, it's something that if you're non-techie... Um, Was you that might...
0: in the article
1: at I the bottom? Think... Um, he's talking about a different one, actually, from a different developer, actually, which I've also used myself. Um, Gonzales. Um, uh,
0: yes, how you've used that? Because I'm very curious about that because that seems to be, it solves a lot of problems, but you still have to know what the heck you're doing with it because you need to not tell something to not load here but if you do need it. <laughs> that's the problem. You
1: do not want to use that on your uh, public uh, yeah, facing website.
3: This is why website. people have testing servers to and make sure you, you've got the settings right.
1: For and, uh, uh, if you've got a reasonably, that's why you hire a company like WP to help you with things like that um, because you can spend a a bit of time. um, Yeah, I have used it myself and uh, on other clients and it does work, but there is a lot of, um, it's not for somebody that's a beginner. Where the other plugin which Brian and his brother have um, produced is more um, about certain scripts or certain things that um that run in wordpress which you really should switch off and if you go into the config file and you know what you're doing you can um do that in code but this provides an interface that allows you to do it so and funny enough I forgot about you know he's also producing a theme that that's aimed at the mark a similar market to the one that you've just produced, Adam. So I think there's quite, I think the good news is there's a few people looking at what you've done, which is um, um, identifies that you're on the right track there, really. So I think uh, we're going to go for our break, folks. We're going to come back and we're going to go into our main subject, how to optimize your images, um, which is a big subject and an important one. We'll be back in a few moments, folks.
0: They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back. We've
1: got a small but powerful panel. Uh, the other kitties are out roaming somewhere. Um very bad of them. Um, my beloved co host is hard at work for me, slaving over code. So, there we go. Um, so, we're on our main subject, folks, which is image optimization. And I'm going to go with Adam. So, got any kind of plugins, advice, um, your experience about optimizing images with WordPress, Adam?
0: Absolutely. And this is a huge huge area because what happens is for the normal user that's using WordPress they want to go get an image if they are familiar with some of the free uh stock photography or even the paid stock photography places you you just download it but you don't realize it's way bigger than what you need yes way bigger and and uh, in in dimensions but then also the size will be like Five megabytes or ten megabytes, some crazy amount. Oh, I let like and- <laughs> at least you yes, do going for straight, it. Is. straight
3: from their you know 20 megapixel camera
0: oh exactly that's the <laughs> other one right you just downloading you know we've got these high quality images but you don't you so there. the two things you need to be aware of and actually i've been meaning to you know kind of have a uh, create some kind of an authoritative guide there's two things you need to do number one you need to make sure that either you upload it resized the dimensions just for what you need um, and that's kind of hard because most people don't know what the size should be there's like no like real good resources out there for guidelines of if I have a, a full width Kind of row on my website. What? How wide should that sucker be? You know, there, there's, you know, there isn't the greatest guidelines out there for that. Um, and also for that little section on my homepage, how how big should that be? Because you want to actually make it just as big as you need it. Um, uh, and then, <laughs> that's only part of it. Because then you actually need to run it through a process to make it the size of it smaller not dimensions but the size of the actual image and all of this goes back to load time uh, of your website if you have all these huge images it's just going to be a lot longer of a load time people aren't going to sit around and wait for it now plugins can solve the size of it not the dimensions but the size of the actual download of your image they can solve that very easily now before they, you used to be able, I mean, the, the ecosystem of WordPress is maturing where, you know, people need to earn a dollar, but before you used to be able to get a plugin that would reduce the, the, the not the dimensions, let me stop doing this, okay, that would make it smaller, just get it to the quality you need for your website, and it was completely uh, free because the processing would be done on your web hosting account um but mo- they've pretty much all gotten away from that and they're all now software as a service platforms which it's still very much worth your money um, i personally use on my website imageify which is made by the same people who make um wp rocket which is a caching plugin now the reason i use them is they all have some kind of a this is how much how many images or how much will will do for free in a month and you could pay for anything over that and I find that they have the most generous allocation. You can go on the internet and do some Google searching and find out which is the best one and they're all kind of at the same they might be off a kilobit here or a kilobit there that really doesn't mean anything. Um, uh, It doesn't have that much of an impact but I find Imageify has been fantastic for me. Um, It's 25 megabytes per Month for free, and that would probably cover the majority of websites. Um, there's short pixel, which is only a hundred images, but you can use that up like that. If your theme, when you upload it, it makes like fifteen different variations of it. There goes fifteen of them, you know. So, uh, anyways, uh, this is a huge topic for SEO, for your load time, for just user experience on your website.
1: Yeah, sadly, um, one thing I like you to point out to the um listeners and viewers is you know the other thing is wordpress makes a lot of separate when you upload your file you know you've pointed you just pointed out one of the main problems is you get a client that uploads a, a file from an iphone or a similar phone it's going to be enormous and then you've got wordpress it makes all these versions don't it sally
3: Yes, it does, and and that's um, there's some clutter involved there. That the delicious brains guys are doing some interesting kinds of things with uh, on the fly image generation for things at the at the correct size, uh, but uh, you know it's as it's as well that WordPress does something to make images of different sizes because you do need that for the responsive images to serve the right size image. To the correct size device, because even if you know, say, your your desktop version of your theme needs a image that's 1920 pixels across for your hero, you know uh, you don't need it to be 1920 pixels across uh, uh, on the phone. Mm-hmm. You know you want to you want to serve something that's smaller and that's going to come faster over that connection. Uh, I use uh, Imagify mostly and ShortPixel occasionally. Uh, one of the things I like about Imagify is that they uh, you can buy like you know a ten dollar pack of of uh, you know extra I forget how many uh, you know, get another gigabyte or terabyte or something like that some some fairly large quantity for that so if you're just um, starting on, a, on a, with your image compression on a site that's been around for a while and has a lot of images that will pay for your backlog of images without you having to sign up for a monthly paid plan because you know you're not getting new images added faster than your than your monthly free allotment is. Um, but I, I think we had some stuff we wanted to uh, Carolyn to weigh in on about mm-hmm. sort of the principles of image optimization and and why we care about these plugins and so forth.
1: Go on, Caroline, off you go.
2: Okay, well, I could happily echo everything that they both said because it's all spot on. Um, I love the fact that there are now uh, plugins and programs that enable you to do that so easily because, of course, in the old days you had to have Photoshop or photo paint or something like that in order to do that. In fact, I still use those because, you know, I'm fortunate to have access to those but not everybody does. But certainly downgrading the quality and the width of your image to what you really, really need and not just what you've got um, is very important. I'm constantly amazed at how often people don't do it. I recently saved an image of a client's site. It was a little postcard size thing. Uh, When I opened it in photo paint, this thing was 4,000 pixels um, and completely unnecessary. It was a picture of somebody at a cocktail party, you know what I mean? So it is absolutely vital. Um, from an optimization point of view, as I mentioned earlier, um, there's the optimization for speed, which we've covered now, for search and for usability. Um, and I'd like to just touch down on all of those because, you know, from an SEO point of view, to me, they're equally important, okay? Um, the Your users and your search engines and browsers are going to thank you for, you know, for decreasing your size, first of all. But as far as search is concerned, you um, Search actually starts with the naming of your image. People are really quick to just download their image using the default name, okay? Your image name is the first clue to search engines of what that image is about. And these days, people use Google Image to search for things. You know, people will be shopping online very often. They're searching images and you want your images to come up there. So never use that default name, whether it's a number or date or whatever. You always want to use about three to six words Uh, to name your image, and you want to use hyphens between every word. You can use the underscores. I stick with the hyphens because I know it's a safe bet. The reason I say three to six words is because if you're getting much longer than that, chances are you could be getting a little spammy. Um, And if you're much shorter than that, you're probably not describing your image very well. So I'll give you some examples. Say, for example, you sell hats, okay? You want your pictures to show up in image searches as well as elsewhere. So you would name an image green, wide-brimmed woman's sun hat with a hyphen between each one. That way, Google and people know exactly what it is you have on offer, and it's not spammy. You haven't just loaded it up with names. A spammy name would be something like um, uh, woman's hat, green hat, sun hat. You know, you're just cramming keywords and search words into that name. That's a bad thing. Um, denim new york yankees cap dot JPEG or png or whatever. Um, so you're being really descriptive and those are the kind of words that people will search for. Um, so that gives your picture a way better opportunity of showing up in images. The next thing is the context. The text that is closest to your image helps it get found in search. So if you have your Yankees baseball cap showing up in a blog about your vacation. It's not so likely to show up in image search But if it's on a product page or if it's if it's in among text specifically talking about caps and that particular cap It's more likely to get found and that's why captions are pretty important. Now It's not always appropriate to have a caption on your photograph, you know, in blogs it's probably more common. Uh, In product images, you don't always want a caption underneath your image. If your layout or your design warrants it, that's great. But if if you don't have the benefit of having a caption, keep in mind that the context of all the text that is around your, your image can help it show up. I was surprised once to find out that a picture of me came up in a search for my name Even though the image was not there, uh, it was not, sorry, the image was there, the image was not named or optimized for my name, but my name just happened to be near that image on the page and it showed that image. So that shows you how powerful uh, the text around your your image really is. Uh, The next thing is the usability and something that we tend to forget is that occasionally an image doesn't show up on a website for some reason. And you also have to um, accommodate disabled people who might be using uh, readers to read out to them. And if they mouse over your image and they get a whole lot of spammy text, it's a very unpleasant user experience for them. Um, Ideally, they should be able to mouse over your image and what will be read to them is exactly what that image is. So it is, if it is your wide-brimmed green woman's sun hat, that's what you should read out to them, and nothing more. If you have any doubt to the fact that your images are that their that their alt text might be a little spammy, um, then read it out loud to yourself and think to yourself, would I like you know to have that read out to me slowly by a computer reader? Okay, so. One of the things you want to do for usability is always create those alt tags because if your if your image doesn't turn out and somebody's or somebody's having it read out to them, you want them to know exactly what it is, and you do not want a long list of keywords. Uh, and alt text alt text should tell people exactly what an image is in the absence of the actual image. So think of it as an opportunity to include SEO keywords, not an excuse to include opportunity keywords. Um, so if the image is a picture of a woman in a green, wide brimmed sun hat, you're going to say, woman in green, wide brimmed sun hat. It's telling people what it is. It's telling search engines what it is. And it's not spammy, but it's helping you include your keywords on the page. So a wrong thing to say would be, like I said earlier, woman's sun hat, green sun hat, "wide brimmed sun hat. So if you follow those three things, keep in mind, you're optimizing an image. Have you optimized it for speed? Have you optimized it for search? And have you optimized it for usability?
1: I think that's fantastic. I've got to be truthful. Um, well, I've become a bit more religious about doing it. I'm going to ask Adam if he's the same. But I've also I uh, had to kind of develop a small checklist And when I'm putting a blog post up now on the WP Tonic site, I have a checklist. Um, Otherwise, you tend to miss these things that are really important. How do you cope with it, Adam? Do you do the same or have you just go go by your experience?
0: Yeah, well, um, to the topic of the name of your image, the actual file name of the image and the uh, alt tag with it, I use a plugin that helps with that i don't know if any of you have used it it's called the media file renamer it's in the repository they -hmm. do have a paid version now what this does that's nice is it allows you to click on your media library And you can change the file name right there, and it changes the actual file name and what gets served up. This uh, this works actually very well for me because um, if I'm creating a blog post and I want to put a lot of images in them that are descriptive to what it is, sometimes I just want to like slide copy and paste into the blog post, and I want to deal with that later because I really just want to get the content up. Um, Unfortunately, that's how I tend to approach things, which is not not usually the best. <laughs> the best. Sometimes I just want to get this thinking thing up, okay. and then kind of deal with the optimization later. Uh, but it's a fantastic plugin that will uh, rename uh, your your files for you and allow you to do that. Um, but yes, I I do I do um, uh, um, have a list of things that I need to make sure I I do. But I don't I don't ever want to be so much of a perfectionist that I don't actually get it done. I I wanna get it up and then fix it later.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's just easy to really forget about the images um yes. that bit. And I was um I was get as guilty as most of when it came to that. Um I actually um it was a great tip, Caroline, um that you use hyphens in that's one thing I haven't I have been renaming the imaging, but I probably haven't been concentrating enough on renaming them with well, they are- um. With a description, they all they have been concentrating on the alt text. Um, to get back to because um, there's all these services like uh, Adam and Sally uh, have been talking about that you can use, but I actually use um, I use a desktop application on my Mac called Image Optin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's free, and it does a really nice job of reducing file size. It, um, another factor that you're probably not aware of is that your images have a lot of what they call meta tag tagging, um, which is basically the, um, a lot of digital cameras actually um, put the name of the person that took the photo, the time the photo was taken, its location, where the location... Um, where it was taken, and that's all um, extra information which you probably don't need. And um, a lot of these um, online services and this actual um, free Mac, unfortunately it's Mac only, but I'm sure there's similar ones for the PC, it strips that meta information out of the image. It doesn't reduce the quality of the image. which um, can be a concern it just removes all this meta meta data. and you can get a reduction of um, on average between 15 and 20 percent by just using that application have you do you use something similar sally or do you just rely on um plugin solutions
3: well um so here's the thing when it's my stuff that i'm doing i'm usually Cropping stuff to, to the correct yeah. dimensions in Photoshop and and you know exporting and uh, it, it compressing and and most of those like you know the Photoshop export say for web stuff that you know a lot of that will remove the EXIF data and and other things that you don't necessarily need um, anyway and. Um, think plugins like Imagify have an option to sort of check, do you want to keep this or or not? Because maybe if you're a photo blog, you want to include that information because people care about your camera settings and, and those things, but otherwise probably they don't, and you, and you don't need it and you can uh, can save the space. But one of the things that I like about these plugins is that, you know, if I'm not the one who's going to be uploading the the, the stuff, if my client is going to be doing it, then, you know... You can set it so that it will, you know, uh, many of them will let you say, you know, give them a maximum dimension for uh, cropping the images, uh, removing the metadata, you know, compressing it to a certain point. Because I I don't think there are any of my clients that that I could reasonably expect uh, to be doing all that to their images before they uh, before they upload them and. Uh, you know, you, I might or might not be able to to train them to use file names. I have to say I'm, re- I'm relieved to hear from Carolyn that, you know, a, a file name as long as, as you know, six words is, is okay because one of the issues I have is trying to make something both descriptive and short. You know, I, I am always renaming these files as I'm, you know, exporting them and and, and uploading them. Uh, but, you know, a, a one or two or or, or three word name uh, it doesn't necessarily uh, encapsulate it or doesn't necessarily differentiate it from another picture of a, a fairly similar uh, similar item so uh, you know it's good to know that it's okay to give it a a, a longer name um,
1: yeah i think that's fantastic um, the other thing i would uh, give a little bit of advice to folks around images. it's not absolutely linked to optimization, um, either around SEO or file size, but it's just a useful little bit of information, um, especially with nonprofit organizations. They do, they do what Adam says, they do, a, or, and also Caroline, they do a Google search image search, and then they right click and they download the image, and then they put it up on their website. And then, and then they get a letter from Getty Images, Wanting um, like two and a half thousand dollars, and they keep getting letters from Getty. Um, I'll just point out to folks: um, obviously, it's a bit if like if somebody's got an image and they're utilising WordPress. um, um, You also got the thing about if somebody's got a brand and it's a protected um, copyright you can get into some trouble. But the basic one is that Getty is notorious. I think it generates a lot of its income by suing people, basically. Uh, Would you agree with that, Adam?
0: Uh, absolutely, I I actually have a video on the best uh, resources for free stock photography, um, uh, and it's so easy to get them now. I mean, there's lots of great resources, and there's also very affordable resources as well. There is zero reason why anyone should go <laughs> to Google search. It's not free. I mean, you can't, you just can't do that stuff. And I've 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 known people that that's happened to, and it's just a complete shakedown. You will receive a letter and that's they are very motivated. It's kind of like that whole controversy with uh, sharing movies on BitTorrent and you get a letter from some uh, sleazy law firm that says, give me $3,000 or we're going to sue you and it's going to cost you a lot more. And, uh, you know, that does happen. Never, ever, ever, ever do that.
1: You'd like to name some of the resources online that you use to get images from?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, actually... I personally am mostly using Stock Unlimited or Stock. It's Stock Unlimited because they have like an all-you-can-eat plan. It's like super cheap. They used to sell lifetime plans. Now it's like for three years. It's like eighty bucks, and you can download as much as you want. And it's very high quality images. So I've been using that personally. But there's uh, what is it uh. Pixabay. Uh, I don't really like Pixabay as much, but there's Pixabay. There's, uh, I think the higher quality one is called Pexels, P-E-X-E-L-S, or something like that. And when you're going to these sites, they kind of all start to interlink. Uh, so you can get some really high quality images. Uh, I would avoid, um, uh, what's that really expensive one where every image is like 100 bucks? I forget.
3: Oh, I don't Stock wonder.
0: something. Stock something. I think it's stock photo. I, I stock is pretty, is
3: pretty expensive. Stock. Yeah, there's, uh, it, you know, the, there's been a lot of consolidation and, and things like, you know, I for years was uh, very keen on dollar photo club and Adobe bought them out. Uh, that was it, a good one. Yes. Adobe until they has, shut them down. <laughs> right. Adobe has, has bought us. And I noticed that like I got a year uh, at, you know, 10 bucks a month or something from Adobe, but I noticed that that has expired and now it's 30 bucks a month. And it's sort of like, okay, do I really want to keep paying this? I mean, there's, sometimes I find stuff there that I can't find on like deposit photos uh, or, or uh, somewhere else, but I'm not sure I'm using enough to justify, uh, to, to justify that expense. But there are many sources. It, it astonishes me uh, how many adults have no idea that just because you find it on the internet doesn't mean you can use it. Um, You know, it just never seems to cross people's minds and, uh, you know, then they get into trouble. What a surprise. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Well, the um, naivety is a lot of non-profit organizations think that Getty Images won't be sending a letter to them i can ensure you can be as non-profit as you like you're still going to get a letter we'll get her images caroline if, if, where do you get your images from on, um, when you well, I, have,
2: I have two sites that i use a lot i do use pixabay for things that you really really don't want to invest in your money in, you know like maybe a, a facebook post or something like that i use creative market and I use uh, FOTOLIA, F-O-T-O-L-I-A.com. I love them. You're looking at about 5 to $10 a picture. Um, I think both of them allow you to do it on a one-off thing. So you don't have to have a, month, a monthly subscription. So I go to Creative Market and I download an image for 5 8 or $10. Uh, the, the variety is pretty good. The variety on FOTOLIA is even better and very professional, it's amazing. Um, so those are my two favorite ones, my go-to ones. I have had clients who have sued for using images from Getty. They think that their little website or their little blog is way too obscure for those images ever to be found. And I'm, I'm just using it small in this little icon. They get found like that, and they get that letter very quickly. Uh,
3: apparently, they don't understand what a search engine is. yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yes. Well, I think we've covered the subject, We're, um, uh, and I, I think it's been a fantastic conversation. We've had a small crew here, folks, but it's been great, actually. Um, I'm going to wrap it up because I've got to go and get my flight to Orange cool. County Word, I'll see folks. you later. See you later, Adam. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to let my um, let Adam start. So, Adam, how can people get hold of you and learn some more about you?
0: Absolutely. You can uh, just visit my website, WPCrafter.com. It's pretty much all free resources there. I put about maybe a video, five videos a week, trying to do it one a day, but it's kind of hard to keep up with that. But just WPCrafter.com, it's all high quality, the highest quality uh, WordPress tutorials that you can find right there on my website. And you can have all my social stuff there as well. And if you're at this Orange County um, WordCamp, I'm going to be there, come say hi uh you know me and jonathan will be there representing
1: yeah i just want to say um adam does some amazing videos and it's really great stuff so if you want to learn more about you're a beginner and you want to learn more about wordpress listen to the podcast and also go to his youtube channel you can feast out um sally how can people get hold of you
3: You can find me at WPFangirl.com, and I am at Sally Getch on Twitter. And indeed, I have a name that is unique in Google. So if you can spell it, you will find me.
1: That's great. Caroline, how can people find more about you and your services?
2: Best through my website as well. That's enginehounds.com. It has an S on the end, not enginehound. That's what everybody puts in. So enginehounds.com will tell everybody everything that I do.
1: I just love that name engine hands.
2: thank you <laughs> i <have> those <laughs> engines <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly uh robert and how to get hold of me i'm missing my co-host he normally says that to me um That's how you can get hold of me it's quite easy folks you can find me on twitter at jonathan denwood doing a trying to do a bit more on facebook and you can email me um if you've got any questions suggestions for the show um subscribe uh, Basically, that's Jonathan at WP-tonic.com. And please give us a review. Um, we say it every episode, but getting reviews on iTunes, I know it's slightly painful how they make it, but it will really help the show. So if you're a new listener or a listener that's been um, just been listening for a couple months, um, show your support by giving us a review. It really helps. I think it's been a great show. I think we've covered some really interesting things around images. And we'll be back um, on Wednesday with an interview. And every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, you can watch the show live on our Facebook page and um, see see us live, basically. So we're going to finish up, and I'm going to say what my co-host me says. Get your WP Tonic dose every week. See you soon, folks. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine
2: twice a week.